from Italy. Thank you so much for downloading our little podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. Ciao, I'm Ashley. Together we own, operate, live at La Tavola Marche, a beautiful agriturismo in the foothills of the Peony Mountains in between the two towns of Piobico and Sant'Angelo in Vado. Today is the 23rd of June, a perfect summer day. It's what, 20, look, what is it? 26 degrees. 26 degrees, a little light breeze. Uh, humidity is low. It is not a cloud in the sky, what you would expect from a perfect summer day in Italy. I could not ask for more. Including the sunflowers are starting to bloom. Sunflowers <laughs> are blooming. The garden's coming along. It's drying out and we're firing up the microphone. So lots to talk about. Let's get to it. Well, first off, um, the Move to Italy workshops are a huge success. I want to thank you guys, all the listeners who have been um, joining the virtual workshops. It has been so much fun having... Um, Chatting with people from all over the world, from Holland to uh, the U.S. and Canada to Australia and parts in between um, about how to move to Italy. And this is really our no holds bars, the good, the bad, the ugly, the nitty gritty, a bit of that dream drunk reality and the sober or the dream drunk passions and the sobering reality needed to do this. And we have decided to extend the workshop since we aren't having guests this summer. Um, and we have still available the full workshop, which is four calls, seven hours broken up into, like I said, four calls, kind of the first one, introductions, getting to know you, you getting to know us and get that way we can get a taste of what you're looking to accomplish and what you're seeking through these calls. Then the next three calls are two hours each, normally broken down into the preparation, which is the meat and potatoes, the transition, and then assimilation into life in Italy and or the execution of your business if you're planning to start one here. But the other super popular call is just the general overview, the 90-minute call, which has been really of great interest to people who just want to know how to get the ball rolling, where to start, ask a few questions. Maybe they're already into the process of it or have citizenship, dual citizenship and lucky enough, or don't need a visa. And they just want to understand how to find the right property, where, how to um, house hunt, how to negotiate. Um, so it's been a blast. Check it out on the website. All the details are there and we're looking forward to talking to more of you guys about it. It would be the exact same program we would do if you were sitting here in our sala when we do the whole program, usually in the spring. It's good to have a success on some of the virtual workshops because it hasn't always been that way. The um, virtual cooking classes have been a fail. <laughs> Not a fail as in we try, we did it and it didn't work out. Um, we canceled them simply because we couldn't provide the... Our, Achilles heel out here is technology. We cannot, we're on satellite internet and we just can't get a clean signal for a hour and a half. When we're doing one-on-one -on -one with the virtual work, it's fine. But if you go and add a bunch of multi-cameras and audio and, and all that and kind of And you start thing. loading it with um, 10, 50, 100 people... Uh, the quality starts to diminish. Our internet is not reliable enough. So much so, too, we were listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, and like their big joke was, if you want to disconnect from, <laughs> from the internet and reality, get satellite internet. And we just thought, oh my God, if Joe Rogan can't make satellite internet work, we, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> so rather than do, producing something we're not proud of or we know it's going to be iffy going into it, it's 
I would rather just not do it than do something that I that I'm not I'm not taking people's money if it, if it's not something that I want to put my name behind or something I'm proud of. So hopefully, well, I don't know, it'll never happen to be quite honest. We're 13 years in and and it has gotten better over the years. We used to have uh have to have dial up kind of thing, but um oh well, say love you. We move on. Who knows what the next idea will be? We'll keep you guys posted. We always let you guys know first anyway when we're dabbling with ideas. But we've been really, when we're not doing the calls um, for the move to Italy, we have been putting basically all of our energy into the garden. Uh, it's really, I'm really excited. I, was, I am really excited this year to put all our energy and effort into the agriculture part. How can, if we have nothing to do but grow vegetables and, and keep everything looking good, wh- how, what can we do? And it turns out we can do a lot. And we've taken the flower boxes from around the house and turned them into food boxes. And the um, carrots are coming out incredible. Things that we weren't able to grow great in the garden has been fantastic up here, both for a little bit of shade and also to be able to amend the soil. So we could put a ton of sand in there and the carrots are going perfectly straight. We picked a bunch of young beets and they're perfectly round and looking gorgeous. What else is going on down there? That, that's kind of, uh, and we've eaten through so much lettuce. <laughs> And radishes. The radishes were great. So this year, I almost doubled the size of the garden, which is insane having no one here. Um, <laughs> the potatoes are looking... The potato plants People are looking great. People keep asking, great. who are we feeding? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but uh, everything's looking great in the garden. We started off the month with wet, with a really wet few weeks, and the uh, plants weren't so happy about that. Uh, a little bit of damage on the bottoms of the tomato plants from when the rain falls and it splashes back up. And, and um, Jason comes up going, he's got the tomatoes got the fever, they got, they got the fever. <laughs> um, so we've been hitting it with uh, what's called Potilia Bordelese, which is a natural, two natural elements, sulfur and rame, um, copper. And that's what they use a lot in the wine industry to combat this... Um, it's not a mufa. It's a. It's a. Um, it's not a mold. Yeah, it's like a fungus kind of thing. Our Dutch neighbors are fantastic and uh, very experienced. Well, they're in their mid seventies um, of having gardens throughout the years. And something that we didn't quite realize, and maybe we should have <laughs> earlier on, but especially like sick tomatoes and things in the nightshade family, those diseases can spread. And um, she was like, do not, yes, get rid of all of the sick fruit and leaves and not just toss it. Don't, and whatever you do, don't put it in your compost bin. She said straight up burn it. Which I didn't realize because when you at, when you just let it kind of decompose back in, which is what I would do at the end of every season, I'd pull up all the tomato plants, just kind of let them dry out in there, and then when the tractor came through, turn them back in, which is a big no-no. I had no idea. Even though we would rotate the garden and all of that, we didn't know that uh, we were so harmful to the ground. So it's great. That's why I love agriculture. Ten years in, twelve years in, we're still learning as we go, and um, if every year we get better and better in trying to amend our our real. Oh, there's oh. The phone. One, <laughs> one moment. One. All right, that was in Utule. That was a telemarketer. <laughs> we were talking garden. Um, I don't and remember spending where. the time in there. Well, also this year we've had time to kind of research things a bit more. Will you grab that book? We have found this was a gift years ago. A book on uh, the new complete book of self sustainability. I think or self sufficiency. And in years past, we've just kind of gone with what Gaji said. So this is a book by, I'll post it on our blog too, John Seymour, The New Complete Book of Self-Sufficiency, The Classic Guide for Realists and Dreamers. And this book is not just a book. It's a... um, 
it's a Bible. And this year we started to kind of look things up instead of just going with the flow and how Gaji taught us. And one thing in particular that we have seen a huge different difference with is the production and the look of our potatoes. Gaji would have us bury them like, I don't know, very, very deep. Dig a hole, dump them in. Now, cover it high this year we read in the book shallow shallow in fact some of the tomatoes could even be showing at it carolyn and luke were saying potatoes that's what i said potatoes you said tomato i thought i heard oh Um, sorry and anyway this year's production of potatoes is is prolific in fact this again is what the hell are we going to do with all these freaking potatoes? Not to make excuses, but we would just not have the time to really do the research and put it in because once when the garden's going in in late April or early May, you know, Mayish, we're busy. It's we're getting one, the house ready. The first guests are arriving. It's it's one aspect of what we're doing, not the aspect. So and we have a commander in the garden, Gaji, who likes to just say, "This is how we do it." So we didn't ever argue. And since we were able to start the garden without him this year, we could do it a little bit more with calmness and a little more research and yeah the potatoes are one in particular yeah the, the plants are beautiful and the flowers coming from the plants are gorgeous and so so wait a- what's the ratio with the potatoes you heard if we planted how many kilos i planted 50 kilos of potato seed and well old potatoes well, so not, not seeds well they're starter potatoes starter potatoes and that could produce well luke said a kilo and a half per per buka per, per, per plant so i don't know how many how many holes we really have to be quite honest it's going to be a shit ton of tomatoes, <laughs> potatoes it's going to be ridiculous how many potatoes come out so, i hope you like potatoes <laughs> <laughs> um but just having the opportunity to research a little bit and um work on uh uh not uh, what are the plants called that help each other um not volunteer that's all i can think um the ones that grow together. Yeah. I can't think of it right. This companion. Companion planting a little bit and making um, my poop water, taking the <laughs> the um, mm. taking the uh, manure and putting it in a bucket and letting it sit there and taking the compost and co- making compost tea and just all these little things that that just really take it to the take the production to the next level and it has made a huge difference also other things like spending a little more time and um making the trellises for the pumpkins and trying to grow them and get them off the ground or the um peppers and putting um poles and string lines instead of yeah instead that's another thing we would the gaji loves to zappa or hoe up different vegetables and um we learned that when the peppers don't like to be hoed up because as soon as you cover their leaves they get they get sick as well um so this year trying to build this uh not a trell kind of a trellisy kind of thing with uh poles and string and and supporting them that way um has made they look so much better this year so it's just been great. I really, really enjoy agriculture, and I wish that there was uh, you could make a living in agriculture because it's. I mean, you can. People around here do it all the time, but it is a dangerous game. It making. is a dangerous game, and not to mention, um, locals around here probably don't want to pay the prices you would be asking for our tomatoes, potatoes, etc. Well, no, there's no money in it, so we get we see all the time posts. Um, come, you know, come buy my potatoes and tomatoes and blah blah, and they're getting a euro a kilo or fifty cents a kilo, and it's like I'd rather just give it away than i don't want 50 cents a kilo that's that's kind of not insulting well yeah insulting well normally come middle of summer once things are really producing if you 
walk by, ride by, um, <laughs> drive by and stop and want to chat with Jason at the garden, you will not leave here without a crate full of something. <laughs> I don't do it for the money. I do it because it's fun and it's, it's, it's really satisfying to take something from a seed, grow it into a plant, produce food that can, that can, you can live off of. It's, it's really, really satisfying. Well, and that is the thing we did start damn near everything from seed this year too so thank god for the greenhouse and of course jason's already got plans to extend it and make it bigger for next year but um yeah the greenhouse has what really helped start everything get a good don't you think well it's not possible to start Mm -hmm. anything without the greenhouse so yeah we're going to put in another couple of uh extend the greenhouse next year make it a little bigger the Um, hoop house the hoop house well no it's a greenhouse okay um uh, instead of buying all the flowers from the nursery next year, we'll start flowers and, and it's just, it's a, you need a lot of time mm-hmm. um, and space as they start getting bigger and space. So none of this could be possible if we had guests here. So you have to look at the upside of every, of every bad situation. Well, speaking of food, we have gone out a few times this last, since the last podcast, um, probably most enjoyable was going to Fano and instead of, Dealing with the mask on, mask off. Oh, my gosh. Your beeper's going off again. Oh, <laughs> Hold on. No, you can, oh, okay. you can talk. Um, instead of, I think we told you guys we weren't sure how everything would work uh, when we went to Fano last time for a little fish feast. And it was confusing. Do we, um, one second. Can you turn that beeper off? <laughs> um, with the, uh, you know, do you leave the mask on until you order? Or do you have to leave the mask on until your food arrives? Or how does it all work? Well, this time we decided, let's just get takeout. There's a, it's becoming more popular in some of these towns that weren't available before for some of the restaurants. Call ahead. Or there's a couple new kind of takeout restaurants. And um, take it, sit on the beach, and just be outside. No worry about the mask. No worry about how close you are to anyone. You find an empty spot. And we were so lucky the other night. It was a gorgeous evening. Um, also, love it. There's no open liquor laws. All these places have bottle of wine, cold, ready to go. This is Italy. We you keep a uh, bottle opener in the car <laughs> for emergencies. And the, ended up ca- a cafe behind us started playing live music. And it was like, this is perfect. This is how we'll do it. We were not the only ones with this idea. There were no. a lot of people having a, uh, a picnic for dinner yeah. out on the beach. And we were watching the fishermen. No one caught anything. But um, all the fishermen come out towards dusk and with their big giant poles and they're fishing from the shore. They've got legit equipment for not pulling up anything. No one pulled up anything. I was watching everyone. But if you live by the sea, I would get into it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's nice. Instead of sitting there watching TV or going to the bar at night, you mm-hmm. know, you go out to the you go out and once you get the equipment, there's it's not like the hobbies I like that cost that just keep adding keep up. Adding up. No. <laughs> we also were lucky enough to go out to dinner with our friends Paula and Antonio who have the fantastic gelateria Maki in Fano and Again, this is something that would never happen for either one of us that this time of year in the middle of the week that we could go and meet for dinner and not be super stressed out of, oh my God, we got to get back. There's all these projects to do or guests or we've left the guests or guests are arriving tomorrow. And so we were able to enjoy a tranquil evening in a teeny, teeny, tiny town called Barney, B-A-R-G-N-I. And this town is so small, there's eight inhabitants and four of them are from one family in particular. And the four of the family uh, was the restaurant, they own the restaurant that we were at called Antica Osteria da Gustin. And it was 
excellent. It, this restaurant is tiny, tiny. They have two, two, two top tables inside and seating for maybe 15, 18 outside. Um, very, very simple. Whatever's fresh, done you like just like I love. No frill, no pomp, no circumstance. We had um, porcini coming around. They sliced the porcini. They put some olive oil, salt, and pepper, a little shave of uh, good good Parmesan or good, uh, maybe it might have been H. Pecorino. I'm not sure. And that's it. Well, and I said, oh, my gosh, I love this one. But you didn't think we could do it here at the farmhouse because raw mushrooms might just be – I don't know. Do you think people would be into that? Um, just raw porcini mushrooms mm-hmm. sliced? Uh, yes and no. It was good. It was delicious. Um, and then uh, they did a carpaccio, which was very, very nice. Um, we skipped pasta. We skipped the pasta and just simple grilled meat, delicious so- handmade sausages, grilled lamb, perfectly cooked, grilled, perfectly, lamb. not dried out like everyone <laughs> likes to dry dry all the meat out around here, and some boiled potatoes with salt and olive oil. Just, just. Really, what you want in a simple, simple restaurant. I'm not a big fan of fancy schmancy. So. No, and the other great thing about this place, two things, was one, when we walked up, it is one of the rare little Osteria Italian restaurants in general that was playing, that were playing like old 40s and 50s Italian music. Like, if any of you guys have been guests at our farm or cooking classes, you know I've got my playlist. <laughs> and they were using songs from the playlist. I was pretty proud and pretty excited because most often it's like Radio DJ. R-A-D-S. R-A-D-S. Grande like, Successe. Just bad Italian pop music that doesn't make any sense for the location that it's at. And so immediately as we walked up, I thought, ah, yes, they know how to set the scene. And the scene it was. They used part of this little teeny piazza to extend their restaurant and seat people outside and along the wall of the city and no, over- don't call it a city well, i guess it's not a city when there's eight Village. people who live there and the- and overlooking the most spectacular view of, of the, the uh, yes of the valley below it wasn't the Matawa. no it was the next valley over I don't, what mm-hmm. is the name of that valley it's where the biancello wine is from yeah, the matawa river is or the matawa Ra- valley is just north of us yeah. this one i'm not exactly sure but it is um, overlooking Serengorina. Um, it's near Cartocheta where the olive oil is from. It was just these gorgeous, soft rolling hills from the sea. Not a, and you could see the mountains of Piobico, of, not Piobico, of Monte Nerone and the mountains near us. Not, nothing but a few puffy clouds in the sky. It was yep, perfect. It was really nice. So it, it was different. We don't get to enjoy the summers. <laughs> So the only bummer part is that since we do have time, but n- everything's canceled. So all the festivals this year, all the concerts, everything's canceled. So it's a uh, we're going to just enjoy the pool, I guess. I guess. Make our own little concerts here. Um, what else is going on? Oh, we were able to do – this was something that I really enjoyed, actually. <laughs> um, this is a bit about being part of the community. And we got a call the other day from a neighbor to help fix the road. And – in these small towns, deep in the countryside, you got to rely on each other. And especially after COVID and all of this, uh, the expense and everything that Italy's lost, no one's coming down here to fix our road. There is no money for anything. And those of you who have been here know what we're talking about. Our road looks like the Second World War just went through yesterday. Yeah, uh, terribly pockmarked. And um, it's about six kilometers to our place. And it is just, there's... I don't even know if you'd say there's even a kilometer of good road between it. No. Some uh, of it's asphalt from 30 years ago. Some of it's just dirt. Um, but it will take a car and destroy its suspension in eh, a couple of years. Oh, we've done it to multiple cars. <laughs> <laughs> 
we got the call to come and help. And we brought our gloves, shovel, and what we did was between, um, I don't know. No one's going to know the name no. of the location. One, there was two crews. One crew started at the beginning of the road and worked up, and we started uh, about a kilometer and a half or two kilometers away from our house and worked towards them. And we met in the middle, kind of. So the tractors, the different townships, because that's the other problem, our road has five different townships and two different regions that own parts of the road. So these townships had um, delivered gravel. He bugged the crap out of them until he got them to finally deliver a uh a dump truck full of gravel and um it it came all last week and we noticed that every day there was a big pile of gravel you know every few kilometers every few kilometers and and then we got a call it's happening it is happening the road's gonna get fixed and it's like yeah we got the call to come fix it ourselves (laughs) so sure enough um along with some neighbors and people who are just good folks from town like don't have any interest or live on along our road we're there to help and just sweat it out and we would just it was great we would walk with our shovels next to the tractor he'd be have a full bucket we'd fill the holes as best as we could i mean this is also half-assing it this is definitely not a long-term fix by oh, any no, means. this is a band-aid on a bullet wound i know and just god we're all hoping no rain because we know as soon as it does it's going to wash these this uh this gravel out but um it was nice to see who showed up to help we felt proud to be involved i was definitely proud to be the only girl when i told walter the neighbor who called that i'd be there he was like oh that's okay (laughs) i said no i live along the road i'm happy to help i want to help and it was great didn't you like the sense of camaraderie absolutely it was a beautiful saturday morning and it was two hours of work two hours of work and we walked along the road at a nice just leisurely pace in that sense no one's going fast and to the next hole we go you don't have to walk too fast because the hole's not next hole's not far away no and and just kind of talk some shit with some old guys and and then the another neighbor came by has a big bulldozer kind of thing and with tracks and he would come behind us and smush all the rocks into the holes so that was my favorite part as the two track teams met him i think our team did a lot stronger and faster work and so oh my gosh another freaking phone call (laughs) can you push pause real quick this is the this is ridiculous all right. Okay. Unbelievably, that was Walter, the <laughs> head of our road crew, calling for an update on the road. So as we had met at the end of this, I said to him, hey, since we got the crew together, we got the tractors out, why don't we take this party on down the road a little closer to our house? Because <laughs> we started at the, um, we started at, uh, the agriturismo that they, that they uh, are managing. And the reason we didn't start at our house or do the whole road all the way, all the way through is because... Uh, we're in a different community. We're in a different village. So the the material that they drop off is for each village. And I understand this. Like, I get it. Because I was like, we got gravel. I see a ton we left behind. He was like, no, no, that's when we have to do it again. <laughs> that's for later. He was like, you're going to need to request from Chita di Castello in the other region to come out here. And I was like, oh, my God. So that was Walter on the phone saying he just got through to the office of the Technico in Chita di Castello. He's going to go take some pictures today. 
they're going to send someone out. A crew to do so we don't have to do it? He's not exactly sure. They're either sending a crew to check or they're sending a crew to drop off the gravel. And he said he'll he'll know in the week or so and let me He's know. Awesome. And then we'll put, if we need to, we'll put together another uh, road crew to fix the, la- at least to our house, <laughs> which would be amazing. So that is one of the beautiful benefits of being part of the community to jumping in, doing that sweat equity, if you will, into the town because it can pay off. It doesn't always. Well, well listen. It, we, it does pay off in other ways regardless. We're looking at scraps of, uh, this is the, le- here's the thing. We pay a ton in taxes. The road should be good. However, we get... And there's uh, five agriturismos yes. so, along our road. So, so technically, you would think they'd want to make people's arrival into this region a little bit easier. But so we're looking... We're, we're trying to have the glasses half full kind of thing. We're just happy that something is getting done. But in all actuality, you need to come through and clean out the... You need to regrade it so that the water goes off properly. You need to clean out the uh, fossetta, the... Um, Canals, the canals on the side so the water it's all water damage as the water just sits or, or takes away all this stuff so we try to have a good attitude about it because it's it's no it's not useful to just um just be pissed off and not and not uh no but the suggestion was definitely call and call often like you can't just make a one request off for oh we need to get our road fixed one thing we've learned in our 13 years here and we'll talk about this in our in our next in our next <laughs> point what's coming up next is that um you must you must scream the loudest you must you must fight for everything that you need to get done or a nice way to say it is persistent you must be persistent if you if you call once and tell them your story you'll never be hear from again you have to be a bit of a pain in the ass sometimes it goes so far as to say what would your mother say if she found out? <laughs> or my mother is coming to visit. Like pull all the strings. Or, and or the tell them that you're gonna you you're gonna tita nuncio. I'm gonna um, denounce you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, d- d- is a denuncio is like a it's like a writing them up. Kind yeah, of thing. like writing them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Walter is much better at that than we are. We were gonna get Fushiani on it um, because he he knows everyone. So that was our plan. Because for us to call the office of the Technico with our you know, um, our version of Italian is not going to be the same as Correct. if someone from around Well, here. they also know the way to play the game. Exactly. So, and they've done it for years. So they somehow knew how to get uh, the attention of these other townships to the other communes to come and deliver the gravel. So Walter has done it again. I swear to God, too. I think all the bread we delivered to him over the winter... <laughs> Did not hurt. Uh, not to mention the cookies we gave everyone along well, the road. Also, there was the a little festival. There was the little mass at the tiny um, church at the end of the road, and they all passed this week. So yes, they, so they all saw. They all saw how shit the road is. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> our part from where we started to our house, where we started the the repairs to our house is by far the worst part. Exactly. That was why it was so ironic. <laughs> Going, hey, hey, let's take it down to the worst part now. <laughs> but oh man, that is the most exciting news I've gotten all day. That was worth pushing pause. That really was. <laughs> um, speaking of frustrations with the bureaucratic system. Immigration. <sighs> bitching about bureaucracy. Immigration frustration. So we are, have been here now 13 years. Uh, after 10 years being foreigners with no Italian blood or anything, we can request citizenship, which we did three years ago. Um, the Ita- uh, the Prefettura or um, 
immigration office said that they will give us their response in two years. That was a year later. So we had we've so we been sub- here 10 years. Yep, we submitted the paperwork. In 2017. A year later, they get back to us. We have our meeting. Then they tell us, okay, we will give you our, our response in two years. That two years was up last... This just last April. Last April. Now, of course, there's COVID and blah, blah, blah. So everything's kind of backed up a little. That we get. However, when we went... To, now that everything's kind of coming back a little, like offices are opening, governments are opening, that kind of thing. The immigration office just only recently opened in June. Um, it was time to say, so what's going on, guys? What's, what's the status? The status? Uh, the status is this. In 2019, they decided to change the law and make it four years for their response instead of two, which, well, sucks for the people who did it after, after they changed the law. Oh, no, 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 no. Everyone who has a pending citizenship request now there's no grandfather clause like, oh, well, you did it before we changed the laws, so we're still on the t- clock for two years. And this is a law. It's, 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 there's an article with, you know, how they love to cite the articles and all that stuff. So no grandfather clause. You get to wait another two years. Which meant we needed to freaking scurry, scram, uh, scramble to get our paperwork together to renew our permission to stay, our permesa di soggiorno, because ironically, that was expiring basically the next week. We thought, oh, we should be getting our citizenship in about April, our permission to stay, our uh, self-employed visa expires in mid-June. Oh, plenty of time in between to figure anything out wrong now normally we're really on top of it because it's a lot of paperwork it's you always need things from your business manager tax accountant there's just a lot of things that go into it there's 110 copies that need to be made exactly documents it's it's a it's a thing so we use you can you can apply 30 or 90 days before your uh before Expiration expiration date and normally we're pretty good about it um this year we put it off because of course of covid and secondly we thought we're getting our citizenship. I don't want to spend the money, the time, or anything to do it. Yeah, like Ashley said, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is also something that even though we do this renewal every two years or so, it's always a cluster. It's, it's always a fiasco. It's a fiasco. Whether it's we get to the post office, the whole thing's filled out within a day. Our commercial east end lawyer were amazing and got us everything we needed the same day within about an hour of, I don't even know how they did, um, getting us everything we needed. I felt like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is coming together. We got the package done. We're, we're at the post office. Well, first of all, before the post office, you need a certificate that shows you still live at your property. Well, now that's changed and you need a Marco de Bolo on there, which is 16 tax euros, stamp. a tax stamp. Well, we said, we don't normally need that. We just need this simple form. Oh, okay. Well, I can do that. I don't know if it's right. And we're just like, oh my God. She got it done at the Comune office of the Anagrafia and great. Then we go to the post office. This is not something they do all the time so the 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 woman um uh putting in the paperwork doesn't really know what she's doing there's no price on it how much do we pay i go i don't know how much to pay there was nothing there was nothing in the instructions because there's different levels of this and uh, there's different prices categories categories. you usually tell us she goes oh no 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 you have to go call this office it's like the last time we did it the we didn't put anything on the price form because 
the last time we did it, it was a fiasco. We had put the wrong price, and what was printed in the packet, and that didn't correspond with the post office's computer. So we thought, all right, great. The post office's computer knows what the heck's going on because these um, packages must be filed and sent through the post office and registered, and they do all this documentation there and double-check a few things. And sure enough, when she's like, I don't know, it was like, are you kidding me? And she basically – she gave me back the packet and was like, go call – We th- she first we thought she said go call the mayor we were like who are we supposed to call she had like these four different phone numbers to call we sat in the car tried to get through to as many offices tried to look it up found the information went back in thankfully this was still early enough in the morning because of covid you there can only be two people in the post office at a time and the line gets long quick. it looks like they're giving something away at the <laughs> post office the gaggle of people outside is just ridiculous and it takes forever you um since we've opened up we've noticed that Everything that used to take a while now takes double oh amount gosh. of time. It's just – it's the inefficiency has gotten Or incredible. certain offices, including ones for immigration that we tried to pop into for some questions, you used to be able to pop in for a quick question. Now she opens the door, peeks her head out terrifyingly, and asks, tells, just tells everyone, you must have an appointment. She's only seeing people by appointment but then won't answer the phone. So it's just this continuous – merry-go-round luckily we got the documents in we've got the renewal form which is what you carry around the receipt that you've submitted it it looks like a uh receipt for tracking number for a package yeah which is really all it is and we have our date for the renewal which is good and now i am still on the hunt to find out the status of our immigration i want to know where is it is it that we still have to wait? We, I've been trying to email all these different offices. I got a hold of the um, official email for the um, citizenship office from the Ministerio de Interno, and they basically wrote back to me and said, uh, yeah, uh, we get a lot of requests, so be prepared to wait longer than we told you. I was like, what? Then we got a reply this morning that just said, you and your husband are in the system. They're still doing the, what they call interrogation or investigation. And it will be another 48 months. Listen, I don't mean to sound like an arrogant jerk, but this is bullshit. We bring (laughs) economy to this region. We pay our taxes. We we actually pay our taxes. (laughs) We follow all the rules. We've done everything that you said. This is bull. We do these freaking workshops to help people move here. Like, come on. We're, all we do is bring people to Italy. <laughs> so it's time to start asking favors. So there's a very, very nice woman who works in the Comune of Santa, in the village office, who's the, kind of the immigration lady who she doesn't have any pull because no one in Santa Angela has pull. But it's, I think tomorrow we're going to go in and kind of state our case and say... Jason thinks we should plead and, and say, oh, yes, we want to wait to have babies to have our citizenship. We want to wait to uh, buy a house until we have citizenship and all of these things that try to really... It's, it's like I said at the beginning, it's not following the rules and being patient and being nice has does not get you where you want to go in this country. Not always. It's kind of you have to kind of kick and scream and 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 throw a fit. And I think it's time. We need so I say this all the time in our consulting. Anything in this country is possible by knowing the right person and the stroke of a pen. Mm-hmm. When we went and got out, when we were getting our first visa to come to Italy, they the consulate told us no, 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 no. Um, we had uh, our our commercial lease to call, read them the riot act, and guess what? We went back to that morning, and then the lady took our paperwork, and three hours later, we had our visa. So 
it's just who you know. So our plan tomorrow is to go into this office, state our case to the very nice lady, and she needs to pick up the phone, call someone in Pesaro, which is the head uh, for our area, the head immigration, and then that person needs to – we need an advocate. Um, then that person needs to pick up the phone and call someone in Rome, and we need to get this party started because I am sick of – doing this we have earned it i i we have it's the only way the the when we spoke to our commercialista the tax guy fabio and to the lawyer they both said listen oh by the way there is a phone number they said don't call that phone number it is available from 11 to noon two days a week for all of italy's immigration questions (laughs) it is either busy from the moment of the stroke of uh 10 59 when i try to start calling or it just rings meaning no one's there at all so there's no he was like you'll just don't don't call that's just a waste of time for anyone out there who's listening who's going through something like this he said be persistent send an email once a week once a week send that email to the same person over and over and over again this way now when you haven't heard which is what he assumed in four to six months (laughs) your weekly emails now we can denounce him now we can say i need to get my lawyer involved and you told us you know the law states that we should have heard by um x date and oh my gosh so yes though i guess the word of the day is persistency (laughs) yeah it's just uh, i'm sick of this and i understand immigration we're guests in this country and we have we are asking to become citizens i understand all that but we have put in the work we haven't been here two weeks and we want it. we we have put the work in and done everything that that they say we have to literally blood sweat tears copies and um fingerprints we, <laughs> and i don't understand we are not taking from this country we are self-employed we bring foreigners to spend money we pr- prop up the economy we prop up the zone they should want nothing more than to make us citizens here I know. I was like, Jason, should we put like letters of recommendation in from the mayor or from the region that we were chosen as ambassadors or got social media awards for promoting the region? He was like, no, no, no. They don't care. We need to be more aggressive than that. It's a bureaucrat sitting at a desk who doesn't care about you. They don't know you. They don't care. You need someone that they know to, to call them and say, no, you need to find this file. You need to do it. This is ridiculous. That's, that's how this country works. Well, speaking of how the country works, let's talk a little bit more about um, the healthcare system. We've covered it throughout different podcasts when um, either guests have had to go to the emergency room for various things, when I was stung in the face by the bees or the wasps to having a little surgery to get a fat polyp removed. Uh, It's Jason's turn this time. So at the beginning of June, I was cleaning the pool. The pool was empty and I slipped and grabbed the border with my hand above my head and I felt a twing. And and, um, because I'm, um, some would call it tough guy. I call it (laughs) an idiot um i kept working and i knew something happened i thought i pulled like a muscle in my ribs but he kept thinking at first too like am i sleeping on my shoulder wrong like it was just seemed uncomfortable but not unbearable no so um that went on for a week or so and i just kept mowing and hoeing and weed whacking (laughs) and doing all that until the pain became absolutely unbearable and what i have done is just destroyed my rotator cuff um i have a Two pull, two totally torn tendons and and all that kind of stuff and um, 
anti-inflammatories have helped a lot in the last two weeks. I can sleep now, but um, it's surgery time. So this is my first dealing with the Italian healthcare system. Now, um, we, I am choosing to go to a private hospital with a specialist. Now, this is not supported by Dr. Gaggi, no, who he, works in the public healthcare system and is old school. Now, I can absolutely go. I've seen several doctors. I've seen three doctors. I've gotten the MRI. I've gotten the sonogram or the uh, echographia. Um, I've done it. I've done it all. Um, the consensus for everyone is surgery. Um, it will heal on its own if I wanted to. However, um, with, with, uh, steroid injections and physical therapy. However, everyone's pretty much in the agreement that down the road, there'll be arthritis and range of motion problems, scar tissue that, issues, all that kind of stuff. So surgery for, I need to return to a hundred percent. Um, I can go through the national healthcare system. No problem. It will be done for free. However, it's a time concern. Um, it will take, probably four months to six months to get into to get the actual surgery and in that time from what i've been told and granted i'm a cook i am not a doctor so i just go on what the people with with much more uh education than i and abbreviations after their name yes (laughs) um that during that time the shoulder is going to start to heal itself and that's going to just make it harder to do the surgery and and um you're going to have the quicker you can get cut open or not cut open arthroscopically the quicker you can get it repaired the better your chance is for a more of a hundred percent recovery so that limits our options to private um, when i say private that is a private doctor with a private hospital um, not covered under the healthcare system um, and that's money so to italians this is ridiculous why would you do that when you pay into the healthcare system and this is part of your right of of being, being Italian. Being Italian. <laughs> and that I understand. However, I, I don't I, I want to also go to a specialist. Um, I saw someone in Gaji of uh, um, orthopedic surgeon in Gaji's uh, little practice, which he was a very nice man, I'm sure qualified. However, he's a general orthopedic surgeon. He'll do a knee today, a back tomorrow, uh, arm, uh, elbow, and the guy that um, I've chosen is the guy for shoulders in Italy. He is uh, works at the Institute of Orth- Orthopedics in Bologna, a research institute. Um, he has more abbreviations after his name than letters in his last name. Uh, PhD, doctor, professor, uh, the whole nine. Um, and that's all he does all day is repair people's shoulders. If you are a um, sports guy or like a series A, um, series uh, A, series A, sorry, <laughs> uh, footballer uh, played soccer and you destroyed your shoulder. This is who you go to. He's your guy. He's your guy. So it is the top top tier of. Uh, uh, specialists for the shoulder in Italy. And it comes at a cost. Well, I was just going to say, let's talk cost. So um, when this first happened, of course, Jason could go straight to the, once the pain really came on and it was like, okay, he can't sleep anymore. This is just getting worse. Um, of course, he could go to the emergency room, but this was happening over the weekend and even Gaji concurred, uh, you probably won't be seen on a Sunday. They'll just tell you you've got an appointment for a Monday or Tuesday. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Well, since I had gone for a few different echographs before, I thought, let me just try. The doctor has a phone number on here. Let's see if she's on WhatsApp. Italian 
Italians love WhatsApp. And I thought, uh, I know it's a Sunday. That is a total cardinal sin to contact someone for business on a Sunday, especially a doctor. But I thought well, she's not going to put their name or her or that phone number on here if she's not expecting to be contacted. And uh, I know Italians. They do contact doctors on a Sunday. <laughs> so I sent her a heartfelt message. Oh, it's me, the American girl, <laughs> woman from a few months ago. She got back to me right away. Jason was able to be seen privately for the cost of, for an echograph, 50, 50 euros. 50 euros. So that's, and without waiting. I had a... The, Ash, literally the next day. Ashley called her on a Sunday, Monday afternoon. I'm in her office getting the echograph. And for an American, that's, to me, that's free. Um, she also tells you what she sees. She let Jason look at everything as well. She gives you the printout of everything right then and there. That's different from North America. So here you're responsible for your medical records. Every doctor I've been to... Gives Gives me a report. They, if I got my MR, well, we'll get into the MRI later. Um, they, you, you carry it with you. It is your responsibility to bring your medical records with you. It's not the thing where, well, we do the MRI and then you have to see the doctor to get the results. No, no, no. They give you the results. They show you right there, which I kind of like. Of course, it's it's much better than like you'll hear back. Yeah. So my option. So instead of going to my general practitioner, which is in Urbana, him saying, "Yep, you need a echograph." And then him giving me a prescri- basically a prescription mm-hmm. to go get the echograph, and then I have to make another appointment with the doctor for the echograph. That would be totally free, but it would take maybe a, a week. Two we- oh, yeah, a, a week, week, two exactly. weeks. Um, my option was to spend fifty euros, and I got it that day. So, so now you're starting to get some answers or a direction. So then from, it be- go ahead. So from there, she and I always look at their faces when they do these things. So as soon as she puts the wand to my shoulder, she goes ooh, <laughs> and um, gives me the pronoun. She says we can't. This isn't deep enough. Um, there's definitely tears. I can see the the superficial tendon, the one that's closest to the skin, but I can't see behind it. You need an MRI. So, again, I could get an MRI for free. I would have to go to the general practitioner, show him the echograph. He would say, yes, it's not deep enough. Well, here's a prescription for an MRI. Then I would make call, a, call the MRI, uh, call this, the center. They'd give me a, a date. It would be free. However, I went to Fano and called them on a Tuesday and Friday morning, Friday afternoon, I'm getting an MRI, which is unheard of. An MR- Cost of? Uh, MRI was 100 euros plus tax, so 120 euros for an MRI. And they would have done my. Sh- they would have done the whole body if I wanted to. Um, and again, you get the CD. This uh, is a little bit more elaborate because they will also send you a report a few days later, an official report from one of their doctors. But so now we're not even two hundred euros in, but we're uh, not even a week into. And now we're diagnosed. Exactly. So from there, Gaji pulled some strings. One uh, pulled some strings and got me in to see. Um, a doctor in his practice. Uh, there's he. He has a small practice. Um, um, they have a. They. Ha, he's a cardiologist. They have. They have a um, orthopedic ortho, orthopedic surgeon. Blah 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 blah. Um, he got me in to see him. Um, and the orthopedist, yeah, we, you need surgery. So he talked with me about the options of scheduling the the, the surgery. And with COVID and all that, he was saying more like end of September, October ish kind of thing to get me in for the surgery to do it for free, which is not 
from what uh, from what other doctors like Luke's a doctor, our Dutch neighbor. our Dutch neighbor. He has a nephew who is a specialist for orthopedic specialist in Holland, and both of those guys kind of agreed that everyone's been reviewing his yeah, charts. <laughs> that the sooner you can get in, the better. So that's when we that's when we decided to go to uh, the institute, which um, was recommended by our uh, physiotherapist, who Stefano in Piobico, who's awesome. He's the um, uh, what fencing national fencing the team. Physi- the physio- physiotherapist for the national fencing team. So he deals with joints and all that stuff all the time. It just so happened that this guy, this super doctor guy, was coming last Saturday um, and could get and can sneak me in on a Saturday evening at seven o'clock. So I met with him. He takes about 15 minutes, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, takes about 15 minutes. Raise your, you know, they do all the range of motion stuff. Looks at my MRI. Yep, you need surgery. Okay, great. When can I get it? He goes, okay, what's today? Today's the 20th. Um, we can get you in the 29th. He said the 29th of July? He goes, no, 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 the 29th of June, nine days from now. So Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's the difference. Now, this is not free. You have to pay for anything. Every, not only do you have to pay for everything, but... It's like going to a steakhouse. It's all a la carte, baby. <laughs> so there's the general fee for the doctor and the the lab work and all of that. And then you get to choose your adventure. Do you want to be in the normal recovery room with all the other people? With up to three people? Do you want to be in a room with two people? Do you want to be in your own room? Do you want a television? Do you want, do you to be- want a, a room where you can have your spouse come? Do you want to be fed? Uh, do you want to, um, there was like spa options available as well. Do you want to have a nurse that sits by your side the entire time? There was also like all these like crazy other workups you could have while you're there. Oh, absolutely. You can get any, they gave me a list of all different things. (laughs) Do you want to, do you want to get all, not elective things, but do you want to, while you're here? Yeah. While you're here. We've got the hood open. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Let's check it out. So I chose, of course, the, the more modest thing. I don't need to be, I'm going to be there not even 24 hours. So I don't need my own private room. Um, with COVID, Ashley can't even come in the hospital without the serious hardcore COVID test. So it's not, it's, and I couldn't even put anything down or touch anything. No, that was, was funny. It was like, <laughs> if your spouse comes in, she cannot sit or they cannot sit. They cannot eat or drink. They cannot put their bags down. They have to be gowned up, um, gown, mask, gloves, like looking like a doctor. And it's like, Oh, that's a pain in the ass. Just, I'm going to be, it, I'm going to get the surgery in the afternoon. They're going to release me early the next morning. It's, it's just not worth it. Um, so what is the cost? This whole thing all in the lab work. Cause I have to go get blood work and they have to give me an echo, um, a, uh, electrocardiogram what's that to make sure my heart doesn't explode mm-hmm. um they have to make sure your blood will blood will coagulate coagulate congeal congeal <laughs> coagulate all these lab tests all in the night in the hospital everything is 7500 euros now that is not a small amount i realize however i'm not old i i'd like to have full range of motion of my shoulder for the rest of my life not to mention we still come from an american mentality and state of mind I cannot imagine if you walked into a hospital and with insurance, with insurance, what it would be, let alone if you opted to do it as an elective without insurance and what the hell cost would this be? So, so luckily we have the money. It's not like we have to choose between my shoulder and eating next week. Um, and it is to an Italian. This is nuts. Like, well, Gaji is, uh, he, he doesn't want to talk about, he doesn't want to talk about it because he knows the route we're heading. And he is so old school. He kept saying that this Institute isn't even a real hospital. He did. He had never looked it up. He has no idea what he's talking about. And he was like, listen, if 
what happens if you um, code or you like, what is, is go it? Into cardiac go arrest. into cardiac arrest while they're doing your surgery. They have to put you in an ambulance, drive you to the local hospital if you even make it to the hospital. And like, he's so Mr. Positive. So it's like, really? Is this true? So we start doing research? No. no. It's a real hospital. <laughs> if they're putting you under general anesthesia, there's an anesthesiologist. There is emergency. Excuse me. There's emergency medicine. It there. does say hospital at the, as part of its name, too. It's like a research institute and hospital. But yes. he just... But it's private. And he's part of the public health system. So these are two competing ideologies, right? Big time. Um, so, so this is the route we were going. Um, the doctor's awesome. One thing now... Okay. I met with the doctor. I was in there with... The specialist. The specialist. 15 minutes. Um, that's all it took. The whole thing. One thing that really turned me off he's wait let me say what turned me on his photo online oh it is a glamour <laughs> it looks like he went and got a glamour shot he is or taken at some like beach party or something i don't know but go ahead. so he's he he is for the amount of uh education and letters after his name young um no graying at the temples um pretty young it's so probably mid-30s when, um dressed like you would think a typical stylish italian would be he had the white coat on but super tight jeans and tight collared shirt with the collar and looks like you would it looks like a doctor from one of the the stories from the soap opera yes he looks like a doctor from the soap operas um one thing that now this might i ask you this is this is a question i ask to you who listens is this one thing that really turned me off was that he, there was two doctors there. He's the he's the head guy, and then he has an assistant doctor there as well. As soon as um, now he answered all my questions. He was very professional in that way. But as soon as I there, they answered their question or their attention was turned. I turned my attention to someone else. They pick up their phones and immediately start screwing around on their phones. Now you say, well, he's a doctor. He's got a he's a doctor. He's a doctor. He's answering doctor questions. No. His assistant doctor apologized because she's looking at Facebook or Instagram or some shit like that. And we, she, she plays a video and we hear, I hear the audio of the video and she goes, oh, me scusi, me scusi, me scusi. As soon as I turn to the physiotherapista who's there as well talking about the recovery and all that, he picks up his phone as well. Now, how do I know that he's not doing doctor stuff? Because it is 7.15 on a Saturday It's later evening. than that. It is. I am the last one. They snuck me in. He's making dinner plans or who he's going to meet up for an apparatus. And though. no one answers a, a medical text or email smiling and laughing. Like, he's got this <laughs> smirk and he's just... You could tell he's he's... Texting someone to set up where are we going for drinks and where are we going for dinner. This rubs me the wrong way for two reasons. One, because I'm not a technology guy. I, <laughs> I do not have a smartphone. I'm not into it. My other His thing fr- is... Jason's friends have to WhatsApp me. And they're like, can we I, talk to Jason? I get made fun of because I don't have a smartphone. I have a new Nokia from 2002 that costs 25 bucks. I and buy he him, loves it. I love it. I buy them two at a time when the battery dies or doesn't charge anymore. I go and recycle it and i pop the box on the next one um i'm just not a technology guy also we're not talking about my car it's not a mechanic telling me you need new brakes and you need a new clutch and all that we're talking about my body now i try not to be a reactionary and "Ah, screw that guy what bad bedside man i try to look at it from his point of view 
he does this all day, every day. To him, this is like, this is like if I was ta- talking someone through about how to make a frittata. It's just very commonplace. It's something I do Once every day. Once you said day. it, you're done. You're like, that's it. That's it. This is the deal. And however, to me, it's not a frittata. This is my shoulder. This is my livelihood. If, if this is a big deal I've never had, I have many questions. I'm in there for 15 minutes. Is it too much to ask to have these people's undivided attention? As soon as we're done, text your heart away, make your plans, watch your videos. Now, my question is this. Is this my problem? Is this the modern world that we live in that I'm just not used to? Or did he, with all his education, miss the day where in medical school where they talked about, listen, you need to make sure you're... The bedside manners. Yeah, make sure that your patient feels comfortable and has trust in you. Now, it's not that I don't have trust that... He's competent. He's competent. He's over, he's overqualified to do my simple surgery. I want to know when I'm under general anesthesia and he gets a bzz, bzz in his pocket, <laughs> if he's going to drop the microscope and the, and, the, uh, and the whatever he's doing to answer the text. That's where my mind goes. So I ask you, I, we always ask you guys to give your opinion on something. Weigh in. Weigh in. This is the one weigh in. Is this, am, I the, am I the one with the problem or is this the modern world that we live in and, it, or is, and it's his problem. He has a bad bedside manner. Now, I bit my lip because this is the guy. I, I so wanted to be like, excuse me. <laughs> I know Jason came home. <laughs> Can I have 15 minutes of your divi- undivided attention? We will be out of here in, in literally three minutes. I have two more questions. Can we put the phones down, children? Like, I, I just so wanted to say that, but it just didn't. I, I don't want to piss this guy off or, or uh, like. That being said, his office and, uh, and the doctor have been above and beyond in their communication they since. respond to your emails they respond no well eight grand they're gonna respond i guess so. they <laughs> respond to your email he replied to your email personally didn't even sign it like all of the doctor blah 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 that was at the bottom he just wrote gm which is his initials it's <laughs> <laughs> so like so can we start referring to him as gm so I, that was just one thing that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way but after reflecting about it and thinking about it a little bit it's is it the biggest deal in the world no but it's just a little peek into our society and i, I think that's really what it is and unfortunately I, I think these phone i think in 100 and 200 years when they write about this time in the history books a, a, a pass with all the Wait, crap it's not even going to be a book on. it's going to be an ipad app or something <laughs> history app <laughs> i think these stupid phones are going to be the downfall of our civilization it's just horrible it's just such a, a distraction and well you're so connected to everything else except for what's right in front of what's you. what's right in front of you mm-hmm. so i ask you if you have an opinion on this please i would <laughs> love to have your your opinion on on what you think and yeah this is just it have you been to the doctor and they pick up their <laughs> phone and start playing candy crunch I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's it. So that's what we're doing next week. Surgery, four months, four to six months of rehab. And um, supposedly I'll be good to go by the end of the year or thereafter. Because if I went the public route, we would be taking this into the next season. And I can't be rehabilitating a shoulder when we're coming back into our season. This also means there's going to be a little flip of the labor uh, in our household <laughs> because that garden is massive as we just talked about. So I got to learn how to hoe. I mean, I can do it like a spaz and have hoed here and there, but not like 
All right, it's time to really hoe a line or to uh, hoe a row, I should say, and to get be on top of it. I know Jason's going to want to be down there for all of it anyway, but he's going to be slinged up for a little bit. So. Slinged up for six weeks and then for four to six months of, of PT. Well, he's also devastated because summer is when we get fit get our son oh, yeah. and uh he's like i'm just gonna get fat he so, got he was so upset the other day when i was mowing the lawn like a maniac and doing like kind of break it up into zones if you've been here you know we've got a huge amount that we mow and it's all by hand and he was just watching me longingly from the front yard i was like can i just try once and i was it's like sure if you could get it started and he can't get it started with well, one I, arm no i can't so, do it with one arm uh, like, nope well i love the summer one because the weather's gorgeous but two is we work so much and we're we're so active that i can eat like a pig and i lose weight like we just get tan and fit and tight and like looking good and i doesn't i don't think about what i have what i eat whereas in the winter kind of have to watch yourself there fatty do, you know mm. yeah, do you really you know stay away from the sugar stay away from the car carbohydrates not, i know and not it in the summer and it didn't start well because when he came home from the echograph the first one and knew he was he knew from her right away that this was going to be a long road ahead he came home with a, a ton of no, i wouldn't even say junk food like sweets conf- well, he called it the three c's cookies cakes and confections yeah triple c <laughs> what do we got for triple c and he walked to the door and he goes i'm gonna eat my feelings tonight <laughs> We, we, I ate my feelings with some cocoa pebbles. A little comfort cocoa. Oh, I love. I can destroy cereal at night. That is my shit. I eating eating c- crappy cereal at night, and nothing gets you fatter than taking down a half a box of cocoa pebbles at ten thirty at night. Oh man, we spent years doing it and paid the price. <laughs> so. <coughs> So, yes, this is uh, what our summer looks like ahead. It sounds like that we'll be able to do some more podcasts because we won't be quite so busy the same way. Nope. All right. So that's my that's my uh, story. Let's, we'll update you on how my, um, how my surgery goes next week. And, and that whole experience. Yep. We'll see. We're going to – I did not choose the fancy route. I chose the more economical route. I don't have my own room. I don't have my nurse. No, but my... I wonder, too, if since this is more of a – um, Hotty Toddy Institute, if most people will pick to have their private room, and maybe even though you've got the room with three beds, it might still just be your own room. We'll see. I doubt it. I doubt it. They want more. Mo- if you stay to 11 o'clock, they want an extra 100 euros. It's true. If you stay to 11 in the morning, if you want to check, like there's different like, checkout times. wants to just hang out? I don't know. Uh, Listen, all I know is at this hospital, you don't have to bring your own sheets and towels. There you go. Which is par for the course at an italian hospital wear your sheets and wear your towels it's not always the case but it can be maybe for more comfort they call this a comfort hotel actually which cracks me up it is neither of those two staying in a hospital at all but we'll see uh, anything else to bring us home no that's it we've got a busy week to look forward to i guess of hopefully like jason said get the ball rolling on the surgery and we'll have a lot to update you guys on after that all right i'm gonna go make a beet salad all right delicious all right you know where to find us oh listen travel still is not quite open for americans or for outside of the schengen treaty so i would say schengen zone schengen zone i would say put off those travel plans for italy maybe till the fall I would say not even the fall. Let's just say, let's shoot if you're thinking of Italy for 2021. It's not going to it's be. It's not what you think. You don't spend all that money, fly on that plane for. Oh my God. And the plane with the mask and the whole thing. Just 
chill. Just chill. Save your money. Come next year. Start looking at the calendar for 2021. And the best thing to do for next year is also what we've been doing the last few years is book the farmhouse. Book it out with just you and your family and friends. This way, God forbid something else were to happen again, you've got your family pod or your unit and it's a lot safer and you're able to kind of be together as a family and you've got the whole place to yourself. Yeah, no one's talked about when the social distancing or masks or any of the things that they put in are going away. I don't know. No one knows. The information comes in drips and drabs and there's a lot and of... And changes. And changes. There's a lot of rumors and who knows? So check out the website. Start thinking of next summer. Spring, fall, www.latavolamarche.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. The details are on the website for the Move to Italy virtual workshops, all the details for the 2021 calendar. You can shoot us email at info at latavolamarche. Give us your thoughts on the doctor situation, (laughs) the bedside manner, or any questions you have for an upcoming podcast. If you missed it, I did a live Facebook interview with a um, travel site called Thelma and Louise on how to move to Italy, and that's up on Facebook. I posted the link, and I'll have it on our blog as well. But thanks for listening. Have a great day. Enjoy the summer, and we'll talk to you whenever we decide to fire them up again. A la prossima. Until next time. Ciao, ciao.